Golden Promise or Maris Otter? Crystal Light or Crystal Medium? Malted Oats or Golden Naked Oats? Do you sometimes find it difficult deciding which malts will work best in a new beer that you're brewing? Well, a new online malt comparison tool from Simpsons Malt hopes to change that. By heading to the Simpsons Malt website, you can now select between two and three of the company's high quality malts and compare them directly against one another across four key metrics, flavor, usage percentage, color, and the beer styles they are best suited to. Build your ideal mash now and visit simpsonsmalt.co.uk forward slash compare dash our dash malts. That's simpsonsmalt.co.uk forward slash compare dash our dash malts. Simpsons Malt, the home of good malt and proud sponsors of this week's episode of the Hop Forward Podcast. I'm Nick Law and you're listening to the Hop Forward Podcast, getting you ahead in the brewing and beer business. Hop Forward is a weekly podcast dedicated to the craft beer industry, featuring interviews, discussions and stories from the whole brewing supply chain from grain to glass. So grab yourself a glass, pour yourself a beer and get ready to hop forward in the brewing and beer business. Come on in Hopheads and join the sesh for another week on the Hop Forward podcast. Here in the UK, around this time of year, every year, the Society of Independent Brewers Association holds its annual conference and national award ceremony. Incidentally, if you're listening to the podcast on the week of publication, it's being held online next week from the 16th to the 18th of March through the magic of Tinterweb. So you can sign it for free at beerx.org. That's beerx.org to get your free place to this year's online event. Wherever you're listening to this in the world, I'm sure you've got your own conference or beer festival. That is a must, especially if you're an active part of the industry. Whether it's the CBC, America's largest craft brewing industry gathering in Denver, Colorado, or the EBC Congress in Antwerp, these trade shows pull thousands of visitors to their host cities for several days of networking and drinking together in better times, of course. And I've got to confess, although I'm looking forward to BRX again this year, albeit from the comfort of my laptop and beer cellar, I, well, I, I say comfort, it's pretty cold down there and it's full of brewery equipment. And um, inc- incidentally, um, Pete Brown, the beer writer, um, once saw it during a Zoom conference we were both on and he, he just stopped the proceedings and said, Nick, have you been taken hostage or something? You look like you're in Iran. <laughs> um yeah so but it's scenic you know it looks nice on zoom so maybe i could just do that thing where you get a photo couldn't i and just put that behind me but you know all the i like all the aesthetics and all that um you know i'm an artist darling anyway where was i um yeah i'm i'm I'm, although i'm looking forward to that event uh again in some you know shape or form uh one of the things i enjoyed the most about brx especially over the last few years was visiting liverpool now i don't know if you've ever been to liverpool Chances are, wherever you're listening to this on planet Earth, you're going to have least heard of it, if not for the Fab Four, the Cavern, the Ferry Across the Mersey, and all that. Liverpool is a cultural centre in the UK that, like most northern cities, doesn't like to sing its own praises and largely keeps itself to itself. However, the nightlife in Liverpool and craft beer scene easily stands up to other cities, such as Manchester, Bristol and possibly even my dearly owned beloved 
Sheffield, well, yeah, maybe not quite as good as Sheffield. Nowhere's as good as Sheffield. No, I can't bring myself to go that far. Sheffield's the best. Uh, but, you know, Liverpool's up there, but it's not quite there. What we lack for in football teams, we make up for in beer. Remember that if you're listening and you're in the UK. Anyway, but with bars such as the Dead Crafty Beer Company and breweries such as Glen Affric Brewery and the long gone but definitely not forgotten Mad Hatter, Liverpool is the perfect accompaniment to Seba Beer X. One brewery that had escaped my radar on my previous two visits that I am now kicking myself for in retrospect is Merseyside's Neptune Brewery. In 2015, Neptune Brewery launched and have been brewing both traditional and modern quality beers ever since. In keeping with the brewery's name that, as you'll hear, was birthed from their parent business, the majority of their luscious beers are given water-themed names deriving from fish, the sea and mythological creatures. Neptune Brewery are well-known, highly respected and fondly regarded around these parts on more than account of their beer. Julio Grady and husband Les were keen homebrewers who took it pro and have gained a dedicated following ever since. Julie has also been pivotal in a group of women called Ladies That Beer, an inclusive open group for beer-loving women who like drinking and learning about beer and beyond. I've been keen to get Julie on the podcast for some time to talk about their brewing journey and various challenges that keep them on their toes day in, day out. And I was lucky enough to chat to her recently over Zoom. Uh, Zoom's become really great for podcasting, actually, because um, whereas it kind of felt a little bit weird when I was like, should we do a podcast over Zoom? Everyone's on Zoom now, so I don't really have to go anywhere, which is great in some sense, uh, but sad on many others because I miss going to breweries and Neptune Brewery is one of the breweries that I would love to go and actually visit in real life. In this episode we talk about everything from the history of the brewery right through to when and when not to <laughs> dump beer and just about everything in between. I'm certainly looking forward to returning to Liverpool hopefully in 2022 for the next Seba Beer X and when I do I shall certainly be paying Neptune Brewery a visit and I hope you'll join me there for a pint or two of Mosaic single-handed sailor or the beautifully dark abyss like reading a can of a juicy ipa here's all the necessary blurs if you like the hot forward podcast then follow us on all the socials at hot forward beers subscribe to the show and leave us a review on itunes and spotify and all of the good podcasting platforms and visit our website hotforward.beer to connect with us and find out how we can help you get ahead in the brewing and beer business with branding, creative media and business consultancy for breweries, bars, bottle shops and supply chain businesses. And finally, don't forget to thank our sponsors this week. Build your ideal mash now and visit simpsonsmalt.co.uk forward slash compare dash our dash malts. Simpsons Malt, the home of good malt and proud sponsors of this week's episode of the Hot Forward Podcast. For now, grab a beer and let's crack open today's discussion. Today on the show, I'm joined by Julia Grady from Neptune Brewery. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad considering the circumstances that we all find ourselves in. Yeah. It's always funny answering that question now, isn't it? I was um, at Beer Central to Sheffield earlier and I asked Chris there, I said, oh, how's it going? It's like, yeah, okay. 
you know, and it's like, I think that that whole, I know we get listeners from all over the world, so this might not translate into other cultures, but I know in, in Britain, it's kind of like, if you ask someone, how's it going? It's like, ah, oh, how's it going? Hey, good, mate. You know, that could mean anything from my life's falling apart, you know, I'm bankrupt, you know, my partner left me right up to, oh, I'm amazing. I won the lottery, life's a dream and so on. So that's the thing with the British stiffer upper lip, isn't it? It's the, yeah. Oh yeah. I'm fine. When really you're down in the dumps or whatever, but no, no, I, if I wasn't, I'd be letting you know. <laughs> you're right. There you go. <laughs> Very good. But yeah, everything, certainly things could be better. We yep. could have a hospitality industry that's open and be doing all the things that we love, but that's not the case. So, but yeah, doing okay. Yeah. Out of interest, um, just to dive straight into the topic of the moment, I suppose, um, just out of interest, how much did you, before lockdown and last March, how much did you sell in terms of percentage to on-trade versus off-trade? Uh, oh god, that's up. Do you know, I've not even thought about that for a while because the things that have been going on. Um, off trade was minimal to a degree, um, because we had the tap room open and people who used to come in and drink would take the odd occasional cans and things. We've never had an online shop, we didn't really feel the need because we were more than happy with trade taking the beer as it should be. They're our bread and butter, so. Um, most of our beer was going through um, trade and we were quite happy with that. So I'd say probably 80% was was trade and 20% was, you know, off trade. So. Right. And now I'm assuming that it's all 100% off trade. Oh, God, yeah. Well, we're, we're lucky that we do have some customers who are doing deliveries because the you know the unfortunate ruling that we've got now, which I think is absolutely ridiculous, is that pubs and bars aren't able to open and have takeouts. Breweries are fine, but pubs and bars and um, you know they're, they're suffering massively. So some of the ones that we deal with are actually doing deliveries. So mm. they're buying small amounts of keg or cask from breweries and they're doing um, orders and, and dropping them off at people's yeah. homes. So we have got a small amount of draft that is is going out, but understandably the, the majority of it is is small pack. Yeah, well, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Because I um, walked through the Sheffield City Centre today and I've not been down there for like months literally it must be months now you know and it was and it was so deserted um Division Street which is normally a hub of cafes bars independent shops and all the rest of it you know there's practically nothing open and yet there was Taco Bell open <laughs> right and I'm thinking that that just summarizes you get all these little indie shops even little independent coffee shops that have closed their doors and then you get these big global corporations that are like no you know, the the rule says this, we, we can plough on regardless. And then you think about somewhere like uh, a supermarket, you know, that still sells alcohol, which you can take away. And yet a, a pub, you know, can't. It, 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 I think everybody feels that injustice at the moment. Well, there is absolutely an injustice, no doubt about that. You know, that 90% of the, the pubs and bars that we know were literally um, spent thousands of pounds on making sure that everything was safe um, and sitting people were the, 
you know, keeping them apart and hand gel and, you know, making sure people were going on the NHS track and trace or they had confirmation of their details. And, you know, it, it's just ridiculous to say that the hospitality was a cause when now it's actually been found out that it, that it wasn't. And they were one of the safest places to be in a pub or a bar for those reasons. So I can't understand why they're not allowing them to, to do, you know, takeouts. Um, obviously people maybe not all walking into the pub but at the door and taking pre-orders or whatever it's you know there are ways around it but it just feels like hospitality has been thrown under the bloody bus yeah so now we're pretty much a year into this uh, more or less like how, how has the business your business changed from what it was like you know maybe last January February uh, well, understandably, there's no events. In 2020, we were five years old. Um, we hit our fifth birthday in, in April. We had so many plans across um, the, the UK for events and festivals and launches. And, you know, it was a positive year. But obviously that went out the, the window. And this year, it, it, well, from last year, continuing on, it's a case of just selling the beer as a small pack out as much as we can do. And we do Friday's takeout from, from the brewery. So, you know, it has been a massive change uh, having an online store, as I say, something that we never envisaged that we needed or wanted. You know, for us, um, as I said, the, the trade... Is is our bread and butter, and they come come first. So you know we want to get the beers out to them first yeah. and foremost mm. because they're struggling massively as well. Yeah. So how um, in terms of well, how big is the brewery first of all, and then in terms of quantities you're brewing now, is are you, are you brewing the same sort of volume when you do a, a brew? Um, or is it less or like how, how are you sort we of managing are, that we're a six barrel brewery I have a ten barrel mash tun because we like to brew big big stouts and pills. yeah rock and roll yeah, <laughs> the best yeah, kind of beer I love, I love a good dark beer um, so yeah we we were brewing more or less every day pre-March uh, 2020 and that was like five you know five brews a, a week now we're down to probably two brews a week and that's because we've now purchased our own cannon line, right. which was already on, on the cards last year anyway, um, an expansion with further fermenters and things that was, you know, was also on the cards. So um, having the cannon machine is making a massive difference to, to us instead of having somebody come in and can on site. We've never had the beer off site. Everything is packaged in mm. the brewery and always has been so you know this was now something that we felt we needed to to move on and financially thankfully that we've been able to to do mm. um so yeah you know we're lucky in that respect yeah i mean it's a huge investment um getting any kind of canning line but i i would imagine it you know over time it's going to pay for itself and oh. it's a tool you can't really do without yeah. now yeah no absolutely as i say it was already on the cards and then uh, we had to look at our finances and think, you know, okay, what's priority? What do we need to, to do? And nobody knew at that time how long this was going to go on for. You know, originally you think it was going to be a couple of months. And then it was very plain to see that it was going to be a lot longer than that. So we then began to think, okay, we do need to, to move on this. 
Um, Because as great as the Canon company we used, obviously everybody else was clamouring for them. So it's just trying to get dates in the calendar and things like that. Whereas now we can brew when we want, what we want, whether, you know, we want to have 100 cases of beer or 3,000 cases, whatever. Yeah, as long as you get the can on the cardboard. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) sorry. Somebody will make you laugh. Somebody on Twitter will be sent out a delivery. We don't say how many cans people can purchase because some people haven't got a lot of money, want to have our beer, they only want three or four cans. Some people want 12 cans or a case, whatever. So we're having to improvise because we haven't got any smaller boxes at the moment due to the fact that there's this massive shortage. So the guy put on Twitter, we've improvised. It was four cans and we had to put plastic bottles either side so his cans wouldn't wrap around <laughs> and he says you know the, i love the innovation on the package yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i said yeah unfortunately that's the, the way it's going but we've had some good news that the, the boxes that we've ordered um are literally coming within the next couple of days and they've been on order nick for must be near on th- three and a half four months wow goodness yeah. that's insane well, we've had to be quite sort of stealthy with the amount of, um, you know, boxes that we're, we're using. Mm. I think the whole packaging thing is interesting because, um, you know, if you think about um, the environment and all, and all the rest of it, like I, I, I get sent, just through virtue of the podcast, I get sent a lot of beer from dif- different breweries. Yeah. And particularly there was a, there was a window last um, it was probably sort of October to December last Christmas time-ish mm. where it, it felt like every brewery under the sun was sending me something. So I'd be getting like several deliveries a day. And and there's so much like um, plastic packaging that goes in, you know, like to, to stop cans and bottles and stuff rattling around and all the rest of yeah. it. And um, I, with, with Emmanuel's, I just started because I sent out some... Um, beers to both uh, some of my hot forward customers and just to other beer writers and friends in the industry in general mm. i just took all this packaging that I'd, I'd got from other beers i'd been sent and and stuck it in but it, it made me think when i was packaging them all thinking that this is a lot of plastic like and if if the person receiving it doesn't then do something useful with it it's mm. just going to end up in a landfill it is it's it's, it's difficult isn't it um we try to uh, obviously, we, we hope that customers, you can't tell them what to do, but, mm. you know, the majority of the country now is aware of how to recycle, um, recycling bins and things. So, and to, you know, reuse those boxes as well, you know, if they don't put them straight into to recycling. Um, you know, we like to, to play our part in, in that. And when people come into the brewery on Fridays, you know, um, we do ask them if they've got their own bags to, and to be honest, the majority of them do because we have mm. a lot of regular customers. So they bring their own bags now and just put the, the beer in. So we don't have to give boxes out or the little clips that we have um, as well to put them in. So. Yeah. Am I right in thinking that before you moved into Can, you would bottle your beer? Is that right? We've not bottled beer. Since- oh, you not? Uh, well, we have when we first started right. in 2015, but we started canning our beer July 2017. So it's been a long time right. since we did 
any bottles. I mean, if you can, if you can cast your mind back, did you notice an uplift in sales, albeit there'd have been to you know off licenses and stuff? Um, but did you notice an uplift in sales when you changed from bottles into cans at all? Oh, massive! Yeah. Why do you, Why do you think that is? Um, I think a lot of, well, I think for storage, certainly on for, for trades, because you can stack cans right. much easier, can't you? Shelf space as mm. well, um, recycling as well. I think now that the cans that we we get, obviously the, the, the double skins as well, so less likely to have light strike and things. So I think there's a number of reasons, including them, that people who own businesses wanted to have cans. And I think as well, the designs, yes, you can get the labels on bottles, but there's something I do. I do like holding a can in my hand and I've mm. looked up in a bottle. I don't know if there's something for me aesthetically better. Yep. Um, and I think, you know, and I'm not going to lie, part of that was because other people started doing cans and we're like, okay, should we give this a go? Um, and let's see, you know, how it runs. And as I say, it, it did make a, a massive difference for us. All our beers are cask keg, can conditioned as well. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, all our beer is classed, if you're a camera buff, then it's yep. classed as, as real alums. So that we don't force carb any of our right. beer. So it goes through, obviously, secondary fermentation in the vessel. Um, so, yeah, you know, and that's fine. The one thing, obviously, you, that people, if, when we told them that, obviously, that's the way our beers, they'd go, oh, well, at least I can see the sediment. But obviously, there is nothing in, in the cans The you know, you don't get big blobs of snowflakes. There's nothing worse than that, right. it, you know. But we do say pour carefully on on the cans as yeah. well, so people are aware. Yeah. So you're using a like a blending tank of some description to to prime the batch and then yeah. put it into can, right? I see. Yeah. And because um, I'm just quite interested in myself because I've started canning recently, albeit on a, a one barrel, very small setup, and I've, yeah. I've got a uni tank where I'm I'm um force carbonating in the tank um but i'm quite interested in terms of like because uh, obviously a lot of talk about oxidation and stuff in cans and I, I saw um one brewery had posted something online about um in a brewer's forum asking about um ox- you know they were getting a lot of ox- oxidation in cans um where whereas they used to bottle condition beers and they didn't have those problems at all mm. and then unfortunately a few days later i saw someone on social media um had a range of these cans and was ceremoniously sink pouring one of them you know and, oh, and given this really oh. elaborate description about how you know some of them were great but the, this one was something massively wrong with it you know in capital letters and all the rest of it and i thought well it's obviously an oxidation problem because the brewery's been talking about it um mm. so I'm, I'm just interested in terms of um whether in can conditioning um because I've got no idea when it comes to this, in can conditioning, whether you'd have the same effects of with the bottle conditioning where you get some of that yeast that scavenges the oxygen uh, as it recarbonates the beer in package and whether that might be a good way for brewers if they're, you know, if if they're struggling to keep DO levels down, if they're forced carbing it, whether that Mm. might be a good way forward. Obviously, I I don't know so much about forced carbon because we've never, ever done it. You know, since we were home brewing, you know, since 2013, we've always done it like this. Um, And we don't add any ice and glass finings either. So all our beer is suitable for for vegans. So, no, we've never had any problems like that when we've either had people into can for us 
or we we've been canon on this new can machine ourselves with oxidation so we've been quite lucky um i know it does happen that it happens to the best of of, of breweries um some of the bigger well-known breweries not just the, the smaller ones um but i don't like to see that i don't like you've mentioned about someone pouring it down the sink and saying you know if that brewery is certainly owned up yeah, and said we've done this, we're not happy. You know, why rub salt in, in the wounds? You know, just mm. don't drink it. And you know, obviously, I'm sure that brewery will be in touch with a refund or just let them done now. Some, yeah, yeah, it, it did great on me a bit. Um, and particularly, I'm writing an article at the moment called Under the Influencers, which is about all about social media influencers and how, how breweries and those, you know, I, I use the word influencer in the broadest spectrum. Um, not just somebody who's got a phone and they take photos on Instagram and, and review yeah. beers, but like, you know, a beer writer is an influencer, quote unquote, because they have influence over someone's, um, how they perceive a beer yeah. or a brewery and so on by virtue of their words or, yeah. a, a, you know, a podcast like this, you know, someone might listen to it and then think, oh, that sounds interesting. I'll go check out their beers. Therefore, it has influence over them. But I, th- I think... Um, you know, you don't need to have 15,000 followers on a social media platform to have influence on someone because, you know, they, they tag the brewery in. And if and if somebody following that person sees that and then, well, firstly, the brewery tagged in is probably going to be like, you know, you really hate to see that stuff, don't you, when you're in a brewery? <laughs> and um, it's it's awful. But then, you know, some, somebody else might see it. I think, oh, I'm not going anywhere near that beer. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a strange one to say. Yeah, I, I read and obviously I mentioned on your, your Facebook posts about I knew you were doing mm. the you know the, the blog and things and I know so many people waded into <laughs> yeah. uh, unfortunately yeah there was more negatives about influencers or however you perceive an influencer to, to be. Um but yeah it, it's we have requests the same as I'm sure every other brewery for, you know, oh, we'd love to do a collab. You know, yes, well, that collab turns out that you've got maybe 100 followers and we send you beer and you'll just raise it. You know, but then we've had people who have a good eight, ten thousand 10,000 on there and asking for, for beer. Um, I've never been one to send beer out to people who've asked for it. I mm. would much prefer... Well, say I, Les and I, because obviously that's the both of us. We we made the decision that we will send beer to who we we want to enjoy our beer, and it's not always about f- for us um, getting a quote online or having the beer plugged. You know, it's quite good to be able to send beer out to people and actually get their personal opinion. Um, whether they're a renowned beer writer, a sommelier or a Cicero, or someone who just enjoys good beer. Mm. Um, so I don't tend to, even though we get them, I don't tend to um, send them out on, on request and then I'll just send. And if that person who we've sent them to wants to put it on, that's fine. You know, that's great. You know, people will see that and say, but if they don't, you know, that's, that's fine as well as, you know, word of mouth. You could be talking to someone on the phone, say, oh, I had a Neptune beer, I've never had it before. Do you know what? They were great. I really enjoyed this beer, that beer. You don't have to shout it all over, you know, social media. Mm. But, you know, it is one of those. I don't know. I know some people have, some breweries have given to major influencers. 
Uh, how they've measured the sales from that, I'm not too sure. Um, but yeah, it's an individual thing, isn't it? But yeah, but that's the thing. It's it comes down to being able to measure it um, because yeah, it's, it's it's great if someone has got twenty thousand followers on their Instagram you know drinks your beer like writes a little review and takes a you know really good photo of it like with a proper dslr and all the rest of it um but that's not necessarily going to translate into sales and even if it does like how do you know where they came from whereas you know if if there's some kind of promo code but then it becomes more of a kind of almost a paid partnership and you know and i I think in the world of beer in particular there's there's such a drive towards transparency and integrity Um, it, it becomes such an absolute minefield. As, as you can see, I'm finding it a really easy topic to write about and the yeah. deadline is Friday. <laughs> I think if, you know, if you've been sent that beer um, and you're going to do a write-up on it, then, you know, you should then disclose that. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of the prominent writers um, that we, we all know, they do, um, you know, but from the... the the generic people who ask if they want, you know, can we have some beer? You know, at the end of the day, we're all bloody suffering. It's hard. If you want to support a brewery, then buy the bloody beer and support us in that way. And then write about it and say, you know, instead of asking for for free beer, then, you know, support us all and and do it that way. And Mm -hmm. then you can say, well, I bought this beer and it was X, Y, Z, but... Again, everybody's, this is the other thing as well. It's the same as um, comments on, on social media about people's different beers. Everybody's palate is is different. We have different tastes, what somebody likes, somebody doesn't like. And it's choosing your words carefully. Mm. You know, to me, beer seems to be an easy target for a lot of people just to, to slate um, I don't know whether there's like obviously there's beer Twitter. I don't know where whether there's donuts Twitter or there's chocolate bar Twitter or and and people's you know um, items get slated for that. But people seem to find that beer is an easy target, and some people forget this is people's businesses. Yeah, they, they may slate that beer, and it affects the the potentially affects the business or can affect that person personally and there's people working behind that. If you don't like the beer, that's fine. You have every right to say it wasn't for me. But it's when these people then go off on one and start tearing a strip of why it didn't taste of this or whatever, then I don't like that. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, people, whether, I don't know if they listen to this podcast at all, but, you know, I, I think people need to, to hear that particularly those that do that because I, I know when i was at the sheffield brewery company you know there were some days that I, I had really like really terrible days you know and, and the, the brew went wrong for whatever reason sometimes it's just out completely out of control you know um x y and z can go wrong and just you know equipment can fail etc etc and then you think well i've you know i have to put this beer out it's not subpar it's just not like the best batch of this I've ever done it for so for someone to then like cut turn around and then totally slam me for something that's like you know not the best gold winning world champion beer ever you know you just think like you come and do it then knobhead <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure about if it's not right we've 
we have a policy and I'll be very honest, we've this will be in April, it'll be six years since we've been brewing. And in those six years, we've only ever drain poured four beers um, that we weren't happy with. Mm. We're not happy, and that's money, you know, going down the drain, literally. If we're not happy with that beer and it doesn't come out as we wanted it to, it doesn't go on sale. It's as simple as that. Um, being a, a, a business that, you know, we respect what we brew, we respect obviously our customers, whether it's trade or off trade, and we want them to enjoy the best of what we can brew. If it's not right for that, then it it, it doesn't sell. It, it just doesn't go out whatsoever, go down the drain. Yeah. Uh, so we've been very lucky that everything that we've done um, previously that has, has worked out as we've wanted it. We've not brewed a beer and then go, oh God, shit, that's not how it should be. Let's relabel it as this. I can tell you classically that we've never, ever done that. And, mm. and we, that, that's not our style. It is expensive. And other people may be listening going, oh, I have because of X, Y. And that's fine. That's up to them. What other breweries want to do, that is up to them. This is how we run our brewery. Yeah, I totally respect that. And the difficult position I was in, it wasn't my brewery, but you know, it's, it's, but it's, it, you know, it's hard. So, I, but I totally, you know. Absolutely. And it's even harder now because, you know, it, we're, we're all scrambling to, to get the beer out, to get money in and, and to, to survive. Um, and that's what I said. It's, you know, up to other breweries, what they do, if that happens to them, then I wouldn't put judgment on it. That's how they want yeah. it to work. But it's certainly nothing that we would, would do. So. Yeah, and just while we're talking about um, COVID and the, the the digital age, like how how are you finding gaining new customers in this sort of digital age? Because, like I said, you know everything's been driven online now. So whereas we've all relied on bars and bottle shops, etc., to really you know to push our beers and so on, you know it's it's almost like um, the 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 power has gone back to the breweries to be able to promote their own beers. Because of the, you know, if you've got a off license to be able to sell it and so on, um, which, which in some ways is, is great because obviously, you know, you can sell direct to consumer, et cetera, et cetera. But um, then there's a whole other battle of marketing and, and promoting your products to be able to sell them direct to that consumer. So mm-hmm. like, how, how have you found sort of picking up new customers and, and what sort of ways have, has worked well for Neptune? For us, obviously having the, the online shop has been great and it's been a lifesaver and part of that is because our beer is not reaching as many people currently during COVID as it did before with distributors um, and pubs being open so you know for us it was a case of having to to open an online shop the same as everybody else to get the beer out to people who knew about our beer and wanted to drink it and people who were new tools and wanted to to try it um if you know if covid didn't happen then we'd have no reason to have an online shop as such it wasn't ever anything we thought of because as i've said we want the beer to go out to trade we want the trade to sell that beer but we were stuck in that position where that wasn't happening the beer wasn't going out to those places and we needed to survive so yeah we've got we've had a lot of of new customers from the online shop um which is fantastic you know word of mouth 
and that's from various social media. You know, if social media so bare, then bloody hell, you know, I think we'd be a 25 barrel brewery by now. Right, yeah. If <laughs> <laughs> that was the case. But, you know, we do, we do know that some people have bought beer because um, they've been recommended on social media or they've, they've followed us or they've had a beer from somewhere and they, they've enjoyed that. So, yeah, we have picked up, obviously, new new customers um Mm. online and we've picked up new trade customers as well which has been great um because obviously they're having to diversify with online shops as well whether it's mail order or they're doing the deliveries and they want to offer something different from what they already do and get new stocking and things so you know that's been wonderful for for us and you know we're eternally grateful for every person who buys our beer that's whether it's trade or it's off trade whether you buy one can or you buy 60 cases every single purchase helps us yeah so talk talk to us about your beer journey how you founded the brewery because you said you're five years you were five years old last year um when we were chatting um so just take us on that journey like how did it start what were you doing before and how you got into the beer industry uh we were les and i were avid beer drinkers Um, we had a lot of friends who were beer drinkers and some who already worked in the industry Um, we were home brewing as well We, we thought come on let's have a go at home brewing um so we started doing that at that time, I was working in the NHS um, and Les had his own business in partnership with his dad, which was an aquatics business. Oh, right, okay. Business was called Neptune. Ah, so, the logo so now after, with the, um, the yeah. yeah, it's all yeah. clicking into place. <laughs> so after um, a couple of years, his dad retired and Les didn't want to carry on doing that. He was in the pub uh, having a couple of beers with one of his oldest friends, Jeff, and the beer he was drinking, it, I can't remember what it was, not that I would say, but he didn't enjoy it and he said, this is awful. I'm sure I could do better beer than this. And Jeff went, well, let's have a go. Why didn't you? Yeah. And it sort of stemmed from that. And he thought, right, okay. He started retired. He wanted to do something different. So the, the business then was franchised off if you like and then neptune brewery was born and we didn't see we didn't see a reason to change the name because neptune aquatics was the family business and i've been for 30 odd years and the business is in front of where the brewery is now so the 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 building behind is where the the brewery is and the aquatic shop is still going okay yeah yeah the aquatic shop um was franchised off and it's still at the front and then behind is the the brewery and at first we were thinking of all sorts of silly names and in the end let's go i don't even know why we're even thinking of something different let's just say neptune brewery because we've got that reason behind it that Mm. was our first business so that then led on to the beer names because obviously previous aquatics business so a lot of our beers names come from the sea. They come from fish names, um, anything um, to, to do with water, you know. So we try to keep that theme in there as well. 
So it's it's got that link to our, yep. our previous life, if if you like. Yeah. So yeah, we started as a one barrel brewery and we were bottling and we were giving the beer out just to friends and family, peers to try. And they were like, This is really good, you know, you should turn professional. So we went, right, okay then. So 2015, April, Neptune Brewery was born. And after eight months, we then had to expand because the beer was selling so well. So then we up to another two fermenters. And then literally every year, with the exception obviously of last year, we've increased the fermenters. So everything's been organic. We've never done anything or let's be a 10 bottle brewery. We mm. wait to see um how things are going to pan out and whether you know it's it's worth us expanding and as i say you know it has and we have plans this year to expand for another couple of fermenters plus obviously the cannon machine but we chose the cannon machine because obviously the way things are with covid we need to get the small pack out so that in in a nutshell is is neptune i i was still working behind the scenes even in the nhs job i was doing bits and bobs and then i came on full time in 2018 um we took on gavin who helps les and the breweries our brewery assistant as well he started uh, i think about six months before before i did then we've got jp uh, eyes wide design who does who does our designs as well so we're not a massive brewery we haven't got loads of of people um but we are going to be expanding and hopefully that will now happen possibly this year but most certainly be be next year on the forecast of of how things are going and then we open the tap room in 2019 which has proven a massive hit um and that was open because people were asking have you got a tap room can we come and drink and mm. so on so so yeah and is, is that at the brewery itself it is yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you've um, got to actually walk through the brewery to actually get to the toilets, the way the layout of the, oh, okay. the old building we're, we're in. So the tap room's at the front, then you walk through the brewery and the toilets, so then at the back, and then further out is the delivery area because we have food traders, mm. but we did. On a Saturday, we'd have a food trader each Saturday that would come as well. So, and uh, you know, that's proven very popular. Yeah, it's a shame that Seba uh, Beer X won't be on this year um in person obviously i, I think it's online um yes, because yes. Like, you know I, I always love a trip to liverpool and it, it, it'd be nice to come over and visit and, and see it myself mm. yeah you know we've had a lot of people who who've since i say covid started drinking our beer who are new to us as well as other friends who love our beer and and you know we miss seeing them we want to come over to to the tap room so we can't wait to to get everybody you know, inside, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. But we've done some changes. Les is really good with woodwork and things as well. So he's rearranged the, the bar. He's built a new bar and we've done different things inside. So, um, yeah, it's looking pretty, pretty good. We're very yeah. pleased with it. We just need people to sit on yeah. seat <laughs> and, uh, and drink beer. Those were the days. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, yeah. So to talk about Ladies That Beer, um, just give our listeners an overview of what it is and your involvement in that. And uh, Yeah, um, ultimately it was started in 2015. It was a month before Neptune became professional. It was February 2015. 
Um, and again, it was for love, my love of beer, going to beer festivals up and down the country and noticing at that time there weren't many women. And what the way some women were drinking, like wine or spirits and things, and nothing wrong with that, but normally at a beer festival you will just have beer. And then I started noticing in pubs, again, that if women were drinking, not many were drinking beer. And I was thinking, why Why is this? Maybe, you know, we need to do something to try to change that and promote that, you know, beer is a sexless liquid. It's suitable for men and women. And try to bust some of the myths that it's fattening, it's only for men and, you know, you're less ladylike, if you'd have a pint and, and all this crap that goes with it. Um, and I spoke to a couple of friends again, who were beer lovers and I said, look, I've got this idea um, to start a, a group to get more women drinking beer socially initially um, and then let's do some events. And it sort of crescendoed and everyone was like, yeah, that's a fantastic idea. And we just had women, when we went to events, we had women or we went on days out that were joining us from, from all over. And they were saying, this is fantastic because my friends only drink Prosecco or they like gin and I love a good pint and we never go into bars with good beer and so on. And it's just sort of spiralled, if you like. Mm. Um, and then we started doing events from beer and cheese tasting to off-tasting events and bottle shares and things. And and that's and that's how it began, if you, if you like. I'm very proud of it. I'm proud of you know, what we've achieved and it's inspired a lot more um, groups to set up in different parts of the country and that is amazing, you know, and that is, is what we wanted to say to more women and um, so many men were like, yeah, it's a great idea, beer is for everybody, we agree with that, we had a lot of support and things. Mm. So, yeah. I mean, why, why, why do you think women are underrepresented in the industry? And um, do you think that the beer industry, in particular in terms of marketing, and um, and again, I'm chewing a lot of this over in my head with the whole social media thing, um, how much further do you think the beer industry has to go in terms of um, the way... Because it's, it's marketed like there, there was a... Um, I'm not going to name the brewery, but there was a, a brewery that is fairly large in the UK that had um, posted some quite juvenile names for certain produce they were selling um mm. you, you know and it's just like oh come on like uh, like are we really still battling with this kind of thing like i mean like how much progress do you think has been made and obviously i think there has been some progress but do you, th do you think there's still quite a long way to go with all that I just i just love all your, some of your thoughts on all that I think that the the industry is becoming more welcoming. There's a lot more women now in the brewing industry over the last six, seven, eight years. Without a doubt, women who, like me, co-own a brewery, I occasionally brew as well as women who brew full-time, women who obviously work, whether it's packaging uh, for, for breweries or the general managers of bars and things. So, you know, I think there's a lot more um, presence of women now in the industry. But I think part of the reason that women don't see themselves that sometimes it is still passed off as a, a male thing with, with beer. And part of that can be by the, the marketing. But I have to say, 
that it's becoming a, a lot better, certainly from what I've seen in, in the UK. Um, what you've just alluded to in that brewery, um, I think it's it's I think it's the second or third time they've done something like that. And, it, you know, I think it was a joke. They thought it was a joke, but it was a very bad joke. And mm. they didn't think about how the female employees of their business may have been targeted with, with that as well. It wasn't just about, oh, let's have a laugh. Boys will be boys. Um so I think that was a stupid move on on their behalf, um, but yeah, we are we are getting there. And the more times that you speak about it and you shout out about it, the the better. You know, I've got a good sense of humour. You know, bloody hell, I'm a scouser. You know, I like to have a laugh, but at the same time, I don't like that to be at the expense of my sex because of I'm a woman um, and something derogatory. And you know, no, that's not so much funny we you know times are changing now and we need to move on with equality as well and see everybody as as equals as i say you know there's men who were doing the jobs that women did years ago bakers and cleaners and women doing the jobs that men it's all the same we can all do the same job so yeah. it should be parity across the the boards as far as i'm concerned and you know that was part of why ladies that fear trans you know sort of came about because i wanted women to know that you know don't be missing out on this fantastic liquid because there is so many beers to be enjoyed and when someone says i don't like beer no you just haven't found the right one for you mm. and there's so many out there that there will be yeah yeah i've got two girls and um when i brew here my brewery's in my basement but that, that's good because it's only one barrel and it fits down there. Um, but you know, some, some, sometimes they'll get involved, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll mash in, you know, and they'll smell the hops and all that stuff. And I, I love it. You know, I love that they get to see that. And, and, you know, I hope they have a keen interest, you know, and if I have a beer at the dinner table and stuff, you know, they'll, they'll want to smell it. And I had a non-alcoholic one the other day and my eldest said, um, can I try a bit? So I, I poured a tiny little bit and, I, you know, mm -hmm. and she tasted it and I said, what do you think? Try and describe it to me. She said, oh, it's like hoppy sparkling water. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's like, you know, I was like, we well, could tell you have a mother who's an English teacher and a dad who's a brewer there. Um, but, you know, it's, I, I, I felt really proud of her for, you know, for, for wanting to, you know, to smell the beers and, and try a tiny bit and stuff and you know yeah. i i hope um you know regardless of whether they grow up and want to be brewers or whatever you know like or not so you know i hope they um have a keen interest in beer when they're older yeah well that's it isn't it you know all two two girls love love beer let's say girls of the women now 26 and 28 um and you know they started drinking when we got into beer, if you like, and they tried different styles and the both of them are now well-versed with, you know, what a sour should be, what an IPA is, West Coast IPA and IPA. And, and you know, the two of them are, are loving, you know, they go to beer festivals as, as well and, and pass on to their friends, obviously, about beers and, and such things as well, that it's, you know, you want to have a go and, and that and that's what it's about, isn't it? Just letting people know that it's it's just try, just give it a go. And you know, it's not by one sip. If you take one mouthful, this is the thing, isn't it? Some people say one mouthful and go, oh my god, 
you know, it does take a good few mouthfuls because they changes mm. as you are actually drinking that liquid. You know, it, it you know it can change from the taste you initially get if it's cold from when it warms up as well. So yeah, just just give it a go. Yeah, you know, don't give up at the first hurdle. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. <laughs> so j- j- just to sort of round off our conversation, um, you know, gazing into your your crystal ball. I mean, where do you see the industry heading, and and I guess pubs um, over the next few years. Oh, well, yeah. Um, do you know what? That's, a, that's the, one of the toughest questions, isn't it? Because mm. COVID has changed the way people are. Some people now are drinking less, um, and that may continue for a while for fear of going into pubs because they're still cautious. Um, certainly won't be making that. You know, I, I'll be running into the nearest bloody pub, me and Les. Yeah. <laughs> when it opens. Just hook it um, to my veins. Yeah. But no, I think no, I think people love pubs. It's not just about drinking alcohol. It's the it's the social side. Yeah. The social element as well. You know, I, I love to go in and have a good beer, but I love to see my friends, I love to see people that I've not seen for a while and bumping into them. And I think that's what people like. It's that gel, isn't it? And I don't think that's going to go whatsoever. I think, if anything, that the majority of people will want to get back, to get that feeling back, to see their friends, to enjoy the beer, to support that pub, to drink those particular breweries, beers that they, you know, they enjoy. Um, so I don't see much of that changing to be honest um i think obviously the the small pack will still carry on it may very well reduce because obviously a lot more people will be able to go out to the pub so they're not sitting at home so i do see small pack being um not as big as what it is now uh, the beers that we drink i think there's, well, the, the past year, there's just been so many different styles of beers, hasn't there? But mm. I do think that there's going to be a return. Not that they've ever gone away. And, you know, I have this conversation with people on social media that, you know, your you, you miles and your bitters, ESBs and yep. your, your pails. And, you know, they are staple beers at Neptune. You know, they and they always have been. We're about good quality drinking beer that you can have pints and pints after again yeah we've you know we brew bigger abv beers that you can have a couple of but i think a lot of people just want to go in and have that sessionable beer and then have something different so i think maybe more breweries may come back to to that and Mm. start brewing you know not so much of the big high abv or the lactose beers and, and things and let's get back to you know, some of them are more sessionable. I, you know, I like a beer and barrel-aged stout. So barrel-aged stout, that's 10%, but it's not something I could drink on a regular basis. Hmm, yeah. I'd be on my arse. Yeah, I yeah. hope they um, quarantine lactose forever. <laughs> I'm not a fan. Um, I, I must admit, I'm not a fan. I tend to stick, uh, stay away from unless from anything that's got lactose in because our, we're, we're not vegans as such. We do eat small amounts of meat and, and fish, but our beer is, is suitable for vegans. And so we don't put anything like that lactose in 
to, to our beers. But yeah, I just find it so cloying and the ones that I've had and, and too sweet, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, a lactose, a lactose IPA, no thank you. Yeah. But, I, I'm... but we're to that brewery and they want to do that, well, you know. Their game, that's, that's each to their own, fair. as they say. Yeah, it's interesting you say about um, the ESBs and the bitters and, and pales and blondes and stuff. And I, I wonder whether um, part of that will be driven by people missing cask beer, particularly, if, obviously, if you listen to this in the UK, um, mm-hmm. you know, but the, like I I miss cask beer. I mean, I'm, I'm toying with buying a beer engine, <laughs> you know, it, it feels a little bit of an extravagance, but it's like, well, you know, I just don't know when I'm going to get out to the pub again. Yeah. You know, and there's just, no, there's just something about it, you yeah. know. Absolutely. You know, that's the one thing that um, I think a lot of people have, have missed. You know, keg beer is, is great and your you cans and, you know, but a, a good quality pint of cask beer, you know, can't be beat. I'm not going to get into the sparkle with or the sparkle without because I think that's been flogged to to death over social media, whether people like a sparkler or not, or not. I'm up north, yes, I love a sparkler, but yeah, it's an individual's choice, isn't it? But no, a good oh. quality cast beer can't be good. Oh, that was my next question. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm up north, so I just take. I was just taking it was a given with the sparkler. So on 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 that bombshell, we'll let the listeners decide sparkler or no sparkler. But um, th- thanks for being on the podcast, Julie. Like for anyone that wants to get hold of your beers, how would they do that? Well, they can go on to our web shop www.neptunebrewery.com, and we have a link to our shop on there as well. If anybody who's trade wants to get in touch and try our beers, um, they can contact info at neptunebrewery.com uh, and I'll pick up that, that email. So but I also like to, to add as well that last year, last last week I should say, feels like last year, um, we've been awarded Rape Beer best brewery in Merseyside hey well done which is a fantastic accolade to get certainly the way things have gone the past year to so, well certainly the past year that it's nice to have some positive news and uh, one of our beers Mosaic which is one of our core range which is the single hot pail that was both voted Merseyside's best beer as well on rape beer so, so to have two accolades is Fantastic, you know, and that's certainly, you know, has has made a positive boost for for us to be able to to get that and know that what we're doing, people enjoying the beer, that it's you know it's worthwhile our hard work and effort. Certainly at the the moment, you seem to be working a lot harder than than we've ever done. Yeah, fantastic. Well, it's that time again at the bar for another week of the Hot Four podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify and all other good platforms. Be sure to visit hotforward.beer to find out how we can help you get ahead in the brewing and beer business. We make your beer look as good as it tastes and we help you brew up a better business through branding, marketing and consultancy. Remember to follow us on social media at Hot Forward Beers and for another week. Cheers. Cheers.